you, Pastor, for the, all, all the arrangements you've made us, us Urshan students. Um, it's an honor to be here, and it's an honor to speak this morning. I want to give honor to my pastor, Pastor Dillingham, out of Toledo, Ohio, and my bishop, Brother Jordan. Uh, first and also, my parents for raising me to be both just like them and uh, learning to love souls along the way. Amen. Actually, just kidding. You guys can stand now, if you don't mind, for the reading, for reading of the word. Uh, we're going to be reading from the book of Joshua, chapter 6. <clears throat> Say amen when, you, when you're there. I'll be reading out of the King James Version. It says, now Jericho was straightly shut up. Look at your neighbor and say, straightly. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. The Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shall do, though, six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout a great shout. My title is very simple this morning. It's what Jericho can really do for you. If you could throw our hands in the air right now, I think it would be appropriate to pray. Thank you, Jesus. We come before you this morning, God. Lord, let someone receive this word this morning, God. Let us not be spiritually numbed. Lord, I pray that I use, I'm used by you, God, in everything I do this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. If you have read the story of Joshua, you may identify the story to be themed with the, the concept of faith, trust, uh, courage, topics along those. Could you imagine God telling you, or could you imagine God telling you, uh, excuse me, could you imagine God telling you to do what Joshua did in today's world? Could you imagine going to the state of Indiana and running around shouting with trumpets and making loud noise? And, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 1 says, uh, it gives us a small idea of how, how big these, these walls were. It says, hear, O Israel, this is the Lord talking to Joshua, hear, O Israel, Thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to the heavens. To the heavens, that's a big fence. The directions given to Joshua may have seemed odd, and maybe there had been a little speckle of insecurity and possibly doubt in his heart. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, doubt him. I would be afraid to. When you are confront, when we're confronted by spiritual obstacles, we sometimes tend to rely on our own human conscience to find an answer. Has anyone been there before? I know I have for sure. Relying on your own human conscience is the same thing of thinking as you know, if I'm thirsty, I'm gonna drink. Hose water rather than purified water. It makes no sense. 
Paul speaks about how God uses us in ways we may not think clearly. God says, God says, God's ways can be used so contrary to how we may think our answers are. Proof of this exists in Isaiah uh, chapter 55, verse 8 through 9. For my way, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Another verse Paul writes in Corinthians verse 1, chapter 20, verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound what? The wise. Where does wisdom come from? God alone. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are what? Mighty. Let's talk about the city a little bit. Archaeologists have, been, uh, have very little record of the ancient walls, um, very little. Uh, but Deuteronomy, like I said earlier, here, here of Israel, the, the, great, great, uh, the cities are great and the fences are up to the heavens. As we continue to read in the book of Joshua, it says, And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Everyone read that out loud. We're going we're to start from... Uh, we're going to start from, and the people. And the people shall ascend, where? Up. Every man straight before him. What does that mean? What does that even mean? What I believe it means, and what I believe God is trying to tell me, is that according to the scripture, we can logically perceive the city to be elevated. The city was on possibly a hill, or maybe the side of a mountain, because if you are ascending up every man once you're at the top, you are straight before him. So after they shouted, and after they marched, and after they, they blew all the trumpets, what happened? The walls did fall. Jericho, the city with the walls around the entirety of the city. The city with the altitude advantage. The city with the walls up to the heavens. It came down. This is my main point, and I won't take much time. When the walls fell, this means that the walls would have had to have fallen in such a way that they were flat and parallel with the terrain of the hill. In other words, the thing that was designed to keep the Israelites out of their promise was used to get them in. Those walls from walls keeping you out of your promise had turned into ramps into the city. Not only does God never lose a battle, but he will never waste a battle. And because, because he doesn't waste a battle, that battle is just a bridge into the promises God has for you. Come on. No wall and no obstacle is a problem for God. Obstacles in life can be used to conquer. The Lord just told Joshua, just walk around the city. Just blow the trumpets. Just shout a little bit. It didn't make sense to Joshua, but when he obeyed God... It made sense. Let me make this clear. It wasn't, it wasn't the shouting, and it wasn't the physical things Joshua and the Israelites did. It wasn't, they could, God could have told them anything. It wasn't anything they did in their, with, their, with their bodies. It was the obedience. It was the obedience behind it, because where there is no obedience... There is no victory. If we could all stand, I'm coming to a close. And Pastor, if, actually, if you could come up with me, I'd, I'd appreciate this.
uh, I'm going to get a little personal right now. My grandfather, I called him Papa, so I'm going to call him Papa. My Papa, before he died, he had, he had had dementia. And uh, before that, he was a bishop. Before that, he was a pastor. Before that, during that pastoring time, he was the superintendent of New York Metro District in the state of New York. Before that, he was a missionary. Before that, he was an evangelist. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying he was mightily used. He was mightily used. Before he died, he, he had dementia. Before he was on his, his deathbed, he, uh, he, all of his stuff was still in his room, his, you know, his drawers, his clothes, whatever. And in this one drawer at his table, he had uh, a drawer full of tie clips, collar stays, pens, highlighters, whatever. And my grandmother, I called her Mama, so I'm going to call her Mama. She said, Mark, you know what? You can go in there. Just take a look. There might be some things you might want. So one day, I'm like, okay, go in there. Say, hey, Papa, how you doing? He doesn't know who I am. Go figure. I, uh, I go into his drawer. I'm looking. Take a nice pen, uh, nice tie clip. And then I see this, I see this handkerchief. I thought, I had, I had such a connection with this handkerchief, Pastor. When I took that, I made a promise to myself, and I said, I want to be just like Papa. I may not I might I may not be <clears throat> I may not be used like him, but I want to be obedient. After a few days I had thought about it and you know, unlike Joshua, I wasn't obedient. I let, I let the enemy get into my head, and I let, him, I let the enemy tell me, Mark, there's no way. There's no way. He was this, this, this. He had, he had done all this, 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 preached here, here, and here. Mark, you're not going to make it to be up there. So what did I do? I sided with the enemy, and I, I threw away that handkerchief. Upon coming here on Friday night, Pastor, you gave us these handkerchiefs. Wave them, wave, if, you, if you boys have yours, wave yours in the air. This may be just a handkerchief to you, Pastor. But to me, this is confirmation I'm in my promise. Because when you obey God, your promise shall be given unto you. Here I am preaching right now. I've been in that dark pit. I don't want to be in that dark pit. I've came out of depression. I don't want to be in depression. I know your walls may seem to appear to be too high. I know Jericho may have had that height advantage at one time in your life. And I know what it looks like. Your promise is just out of your reach. But when you may think the odds are completely against you, we know God always will stand in victory. Amen. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under what? 
race. Deuteronomy chapter 20. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you. What else? Against your enemy to give you what? Victory. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to who? Thanks be to God, the one which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm coming to a close. I'm coming to a close. Thank you, God. Thank you for your promises, Lord. Thank you, this is my last thing I'm going to say. If you remember anything from what I'm preaching this morning, let it be this. Let this linger with you this week, if it, if it can. God can use what the enemy has against you for you. You may not understand how God is in control, and you may not think Jericho is too big to overcome, but God will never lose your battle, and he will never waste your battle. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Come on, somebody receive that word right now. That was a word from the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I want all the Urshan students, if you have your handkerchiefs, come, come on, stand right here. The ones that don't, come on too, because we got handkerchiefs for you. Come on. Quickly. Where are the handkerchiefs at? The extra ones? All right. Babe, give, them, give them to the ones. If you guys just can spread out a little bit. We're going to have special prayer for you right now. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. They should all have handkerchiefs. Everybody have one? Amen. I want our... Uh, our campus pastors come up, your wives, quickly. Our vision pastors, obviously we're just calling a few up. For, we can't get everybody up. Youth pastor, hyphen pastors, quickly, come on. I want you to, I want you to lay your hand on them. We're going to pray. The rest of the church, if you would, why don't you just stretch forth your hand right now. Stretch forth. I believe these young men and young women are going to do great things for the kingdom of God. Lay your hand on them. Lay your hand on them. Lay your hand on them in faith right now. Lay your hand on them right now, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we speak great and mighty things for them to walk in their calling, for them to walk according to their purpose. Oh, for them to walk according to the plan that you have positioned for them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, you're gonna use them mightily for your kingdom. You're gonna use them mightily for your kingdom. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah.
Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. God, they're already anointed. They're already anointed. I pray you open up every door that needs to be opened. Let them walk with boldness and authority and the power that they possess through you, Lord God. God, let them do what you've called them to do and be what you've called them to be. God, let them never be satisfied with status quo. Help them to never be satisfied with spiritual complacency, but help them to want to do something great for the kingdom of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Urshan students, if you could look at me for a minute, I'll say this and then I'll preach. Doing big things for God is not easy. Your grandpa, to do what he did, that wasn't easy. Doing what anybody can do is easy, right? Accomplishing great things is hard. That's why more people don't accomplish them. So I want to encourage you and challenge you today to make up your mind that you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to do something big for the kingdom of God, to do something big for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. You, it's in you. It's in you. It's on you. Amen. We believe in you. Amen. Go sit down. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, could we? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I like what I feel in the house of the Lord right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't want to take too much time. We've already heard a tremendous word from the Lord today. Plus, I taught an hour and 45 minutes this past Thursday. So, I'm sure you're sick of my voice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Always count on Sister Vera. Love me some Sister Vera. Somebody said amen. I do believe the Lord has just given me a, just a simple little point I want to try to deliver with the help of the Lord. I've been, I've been blessed. I've been blessed in my 20 years of pastoring to, to help lead some pretty special people. 
I've been humbled and convicted many times by the passion and the dedication and the sacrifices and the faith of many and of whom I have been privileged to pastor. But none more than what I felt a few days ago when, when talking with Sister Favel. For without going into any great detail, many of you know that absent a miracle from the Lord, Brother Favel will more than likely be called home to heaven in the next week or so. And as Sister Favel was experiencing the emotions that go with all of that and the thought processes that go with all of that and the challenges that any of us would face uh, as uh, we would go through similar circumstances, she had this question come over her and I, I asked her permission to, to, to speak on this and she gave me her permission. But as she's dealing with all of those things and emotions and the thoughts, she had this question come over her this past Saturday, not yesterday, but last Saturday. She had the question come over to her and pose the question to herself for she wondered to herself, how should, should, how should she be acting during this time? How should, how should she be acting during this particular season in her life? She knew she was going to be coming to church the next day, and she was wondering, what, what, what should that look like for me? How, how should I act during prayer service? How should I act during worship service? Do, dealing with all I'm dealing with, how should I act during the preaching? How should I act during the altar service? What should my demeanor be? What should my actions look like? What should my responses be? And it was then that she made a statement to me that brought tears to my eyes and an even higher regard in my mind about this woman who I already esteem just about as high as you can esteem anybody. For she said these words to me, and I'll never forget them. Pastor, as I thought about how I should act, I was reminded of the fact that I'm apostolic. And so I should just act like an apostolic would act. Ooh. Ooh, hallelujah. So it was that she made her way to the house of the Lord last weekend. And because she was apostolic, she lifted her hands in spite of it all and gave God the praise. Because she was apostolic, she magnified the Lord and exalted his name together with the rest of us in the service. Because she was apostolic, she sang the songs of Zion, clapped her hands in the sanctuary, and made a joyful noise unto the Lord. Why? Because she was apostolic. Not because of what may or may not be going on in her life. Not because of what God may or may not have done in this particular season of her life. But she praised God anyway. Why? Because she was apostolic. And that's what we do. 
That's what the word of the Lord instructs us to do. That's what the word of the Lord encourages us to do. So I've been sent to encourage somebody else in the house to get the same revelation that Sister Favor got and be willing to worship the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter the pressures you may be experiencing, I will be bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm apostolic. I'm going to praise him when it's good. I'm going to praise him when it's not good. I'm going to praise him in the good times. I'm going to praise him in the bad times. I'm apostolic. I may have lost my job, but I didn't lose my shout. I didn't lose my praise. My family may be in crisis, but my praise is still intact. My praise is still steadfast. Come on, somebody praise him. Praise him, praise him. Praise him, praise him. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all, all, ti- all times. All times. Woo. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I don't I don't mean to embarrass her, but I I got my wife's attention. During, during our worship service. And I said, I said, look at Sister Deanna's mom. We're so glad you're here. Sister Deanna's mom, she got a walk in and a, a sight came because she's blind. But I looked over her and she was just worshiping the Lord. See, because she may not have physical sight, but I just got to believe she's got some spiritual sight within her. And she has an understanding that says, uh, it doesn't matter what the realities uh, of the current context of my life look like. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to magnify him. I'm going to lift him up. may be seated. Quickly, let me show you what I'm talking about from Scripture. Stay with me now. Exodus chapter 4, verse 31, and the people believed. Somebody say they believed. Somebody shout, they believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and they worshiped. You need to understand that they were still in their affliction. See that? They were still in the middle of their affliction. They were still going through the rough season of their life. But the Bible says, but the people believed. 
In the middle of their affliction, they believed. What is it that they believed? They believed that God was going to do what he promised. Brother Mark already talked to us a little bit about the promises of God. Uh, these people understood in Exodus that they, that they believed that God was going to do what he promised. Uh, they believed that God was big enough to see them through. They believed that God was still on their side. They believed that God still had all power in heaven and in earth. And it was their belief of God's continued abilities, even in the middle of their affliction, that caused them to say, I might be in it, but I'm going to worship him. I'm going to worship him. Why? Because I believe. I don't have to wait for him to bring me out before I worship him. I believe he's a deliverer. I believe he's going to do it. I believe in the promises of almighty God. So I'm going to go ahead and worship him. Is there anybody that believes that God's still on the throne of your life? Even in the darkest of days, do you still believe that he's an ever-present help in time of need? Is there anybody that believes that he's your healer and he's your way maker and he's your peace giver and he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider? Do we have any believers? Do we have any apostolics? Woo! I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. In the middle of my affliction, I believe. So I will worship. Woo! I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Ah. quickly you may be seated I'm, I'm believe it or not I'm coming to a close watch what the word says numbers 21 16 and from thence they speaking of the people of God went to beer <laughs> don't go to beer Got all kinds of things going up here right now. They went to beer, and what that, that is the well. Somebody say the well. Whereof the Lord spake unto Moses. Gather the people together, and I will give them water. Now watch. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well. Sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves and from the wilderness, which is where the well was, they went to Madinah. Now let me set this up, we don't have time to deal with all of it, let me set this up so as to be able to get a clear picture of what's taking place and then, but because here we find the people of God are on a journey. And they've left behind all the places that they could have found water. And so now they're thirsty. In order to truly understand their predicament, you have to know that when the Bible says that they are in a wilderness, it's actually referring to a desert. 
So we see that they are surrounded by a dry, blowing sand, no water anywhere to be found. And the Bible says that the Lord brings them to an old, dried-up well. And we know it's dried up. You say, well, the Bible doesn't say it's dried up. We know it's dried up because the Bible says that God spoke to Moses. And he says, gather all the people together because God was going to give them water. So therefore, if God was going to be the one giving them the water, then that means that there needed to be a supernatural intervention in order for them to get water. For if there was already water in this well that the Lord had brought them to, you don't need God's help to lower a bucket. So they needed a miracle from the Lord if they were going to get water out of the well. So watch, God speaks to them the promise of water. He said, I'm going to give you water. But here's what you got to see. Before the water ever comes, look at what God's people do. Numbers 21, 17. Then Israel sang <laughs> this song, spring up. Oh, well, hmm. sing ye unto it. Notice, all they had was a dried up well and a promise. And the promise was enough to cause them to sing in the middle of a desert to an old dried up well. Why are you singing for? Why are you rejoicing for? You're in the middle of a desert. You're facing a well that is dried up. What are you doing? We got a promise. And my promise is bigger than what I'm facing. And my promise is bigger than the circumstances that I'm in. And my promise is bigger than the dilemma and the darkness of my day. My promise. Now, now, their mouths still parched. But it didn't stop them from praising God. No water was flowing, but it didn't stop them from praising God. So here's the question that I felt the Holy Ghost wanted me to ask somebody today. He knows that you'll be willing to praise him when you see the water filling up in the dried up well. That's not the question. He knows you're going to praise him when you sit down under the shade tree with a glass of cold water in your hands. But he wants to know if like his people from old, will you be willing to sing in the face of an old dried up well simply because you got a promise from the Lord that he's going to do it and he's going to work it out and he's going to make a way where there seems 
can you praise him when all you got is a promise can you shout when all you got is a promise can you rejoice when all you got is a promise Come on up, Urshan. Come on, quick. Stand behind me. I realize your situation might not be what you want it to be, but you got a promise from the Lord. Isaiah 43 and 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And when you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when you walk through the fire, you're not going to be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. All you might have is a dried up situation and the promise I just read. But I wonder if there's anybody that'll rejoice and be willing to say, I got a promise and the promise is all I need. I got a promise, and it's all I need to rejoice. It's all I need to shout. It's all I need to run. It's all I need. Well, I don't know, preacher. Is there any other promises in that book? Uh, oh, yeah, we got some promises. Now, here's what you're going to do. You got some promises in your hands. And you don't know what the people out here are facing. And you don't know what the people out here are going through. And your promise might not be for that person, but it is for that person. And so when you, when you read these promises, don't just read them like you're reading a book. I'm not saying you got to scream. But I, there better be some passion now. Because these are promises from the Lord. These are promises from Almighty God. Some of these people walked in here going through all kinds of junk, going through all kinds of problems, going through all kinds of issues, and they need to be reminded of the promises of the Lord in their life because I know most of the folks out here, and what I know is this, if they can just be reminded of the promise, that's all they need to keep on shouting and keep on dancing and keep on rejoicing. They just need to be reminded that God's given them a promise. You ready? Go ahead, bud. All right, Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all of your needs to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 40, uh, 41 and 13 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Psalms 103, verse 3 says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Come on! Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yeah, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 107, 13. Then they cried out unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow, in the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Verse 15. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 16, for he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in such Yes. Psalms 121, one through eight, and I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to no, be no, moved. No. He that keepeth thee in thy not some slumber, behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not neither slumber nor sleep. The yes. Lord is thy keeper. The yes. Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day no. nor the moon by night. The no. Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The yes. Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Yes, 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 yes. Psalms, Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. All of them, all of them, all of them. Amen. Numbers 23, 19 tells me that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Somebody hear it. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Come on. Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it yes, good? Yes, 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 yes. John 16 and 33, these things I have spoken unto you. But the, but, uh, sorry. <laughs> that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yes, he has. He has overcome the world. Yes. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside oh, yes, the still he waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, fear no, no evil. evil. For thou art you are with me, me, Jesus. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thank you, Jesus. Thou preparest a table before Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with, uh, with oil. My cup overfloweth. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 9-9 tells me the Lord will also... 
The Lord also will be a refuge for those opposed and their refuge in time of trouble. And they that know thy name will put thy trust in thee. For thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek him. Amen. Come on, we got some promises today. I said we got some promises today. We do not lack promises today. Somebody needs to grab a hold of the promise and begin to rejoice in the middle of a desert situation, in the middle of a dried up desert. Somebody needs to understand, I got a promise and that's all I need to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I want somebody to do it right now all across this auditorium. You're not praising because of the organ. You're not praising because the beat of a drum. You're praising him because you got a promise. You got a promise. You got a promise. Rejoice. 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 Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. Satan do no boko to ye la rabasata. Ye lo no boko to ye la rabasata yaha. Hala do no boso to ye la raboko to ye. I got a promise. I got a promise bigger than my pain. I got a promise bigger than my circumstance. I got a promise bigger than my dilemma. So I'm going to praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. He will be with me. 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 somebody's waiting for me right now and your cue shouldn't have to come from me your cue needs to come from the promises of God's word don't wait for me to tell you what to do respond to the promises of God respond to the promises of God praise him praise him Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him. 